0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com/slash LegendsCast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark of the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me today is my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing today, bro?
1: Happy Tuesday, my friend. It is a good day. It's a Tuesday afternoon. We're doing a little recording. Let's go. It's a bright,
0: sunny day, and I'm ready to talk some legends of Runeterra. Yeah, it's bright and sunny here, too. You know, Tennessee and Pennsylvania, very similar uh, weather patterns, as it turns out. Uh, very similar weather. Pattern. But yeah, no, man, we haven't we haven't recorded in like six weeks, maybe. I It's been something like that. Like our lives have been very crazy. It's been very hard to find time.
1: Whether whether it's truly been six weeks or not, it's hard to tell. But it has been too long that I can say at the least.
0: Yeah, I, I'd have to look it up and see actually how long it's been. But it has been some amount of time since we've actually, you know, released our last one was on eight nineteen. Actually not true. Literally a month. Like it'll be like eight nineteen if this one'll be like nine twenty one probably when this comes out. And so, like, maybe a little bit later. So basically one month. I thought it had been longer. It feels like longer. Doesn't it feel like longer?
1: It it does, but I mean four weeks is even long enough for in between episodes where I not necessarily thrilled about that would have would would have liked to have recorded a bit sooner than four weeks because we have had quite a few things in game and in our discord transpire since the last time that we recorded we've had some yes. resolutions of our legends cast discord league which we will talk about later uh we've had um a whole new expansion drop that we were previewing and starting to talk about last time we recorded that has now been out for some time and we've had those cards in hand and in our in our collections for a couple weeks to to play around with there has been quite a few changes
0: yeah and I think even a huge amount of card adjustments I think the last sort of big set adjustment also uh, came out since the last time we recorded we saw or maybe maybe we previewed it <laughs> had some conversation about it. But I know that there was, like, barred. Also, about a month ago, shortly after, right before we recorded the episode, I was sick. My throat was just absolutely destroyed, which is one of the reasons it took us so long to record. And you hear me coughing into the microphone, literally still sick. Like, it's been a month, and I am literally, like, I still have a cough. Like, I can't get rid of it. And, like, cough, sore throat, like, rough voice. Like, none of those things bode well for trying to do audio entertainment. And so... That's the other reason. Like we haven't been recording a ton of stuff period. We postpone an almost legends episode uh because of it and it's just like it, according to the test I don't have the covid's, but let me tell you it whatever it is that uh impacted me has lingered man for the past month or so. Like it's just That's been hard sounds like to it kick. feels like you have the covid's, but you don't have yeah. the covid's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, at least according to the test that I took anyway. Uh but yeah, five new champions uh, lots of new cards. Uh, of course, in classic LOR style. Um, like another forty keywords. Uh, that have been added to the game because mm-hmm. we do obviously need more of those. Huge shakeup to the meta. Uh, I don't know about you. I haven't run into an Alawi Bard forever.
1: No, nope, uh, I have. I have not.
0: No. Some old faithful decks. However, back in the meta, we'll talk a little bit about that as we talk about meta. So this episode will be an interview with our winner of our LCTL Season 7, and then it will also be uh, just a general conversation, really about the news, uh, what what we think and what has happened over the last month. Uh, but I also just wanted to give you a chance, Gibby, tell us a little bit about what you're playing, uh, you know, LOR or otherwise, because I think we've each, in addition to playing LOR individually, have also explored new card games over the last four weeks, uh, and those card games aren't the same. So I think that's exciting as well. Yes.
1: So my I have been split amongst several games, but uh, in all of them nonetheless, I've in, in Legends of Terra specific, I'm kind of at this period, and I feel like I go through this cycle every single time that we have a new meta come out, or more or less probably an expansion is, is kind of what drives this ingenuity. There's a period, it seems like I go through waves of, New cards come out, going to play a bunch of the new cards, and then new cards settle a little bit, and I start thinking, okay, how can I incorporate the new cards in to maybe improve any established decks that I've already got, or um, are there any brand-new creations outside-the-box creations with established cards that I can build that will be brand new, that'll be really fun and new? So I did a lot of experimenting uh, with a lot of the Darkened stuff. I wanted to see um, what decks... I could create there and um, I did find uh, some good completions there. I really liked playing with Jax and Kane. I tried to make Jax and Kane together work uh, for for quite some time. And I found, I feel like other people had better success than I did with that. It just felt like the two card pools with for Jax and Kane were so narrow that it didn't really help either, either one. Um, I mean, I think we've all played enough, Nora, spamming portals. That was uh, that. Was I haven't a place played that
0: one time, but I haven't. That you did. I have not played it a single uh, time. I don't like Nora. I refuse to play her.
1: <laughs> I I like Nora and the portals. I think it's also a deck uh, like a, like a deck type and a deck style that um is fun to play. It's a bit high rolly without it feeling so so RNG based. That like if you, I feel like if I lose to a Nora deck, I'm not so frustrated. That I was like, oh, this was so RNG driven, but it, it is there still is some undeniable amount of RNG to it because you are pulling random one, twos and threes or four, fives and sixes um, when it when gets leveled up and things like that. Um, but I have to tell you, I think my favorite. My favorite champion from this new expansion is Orn, uh, which surprises me.
0: Hmm.
2: Really?
1: Uh, Orn? I th- Yes. Orn from a play style perspective, uh, playing the equipment. Uh, one of my favorite things about this Darken saga is the improvise. So sure. So improvise, creating all of the equipment and then Orn wanting to forge everything that's got equipment with it, where it really, really well. So I think I like Orn because I like improvise so much, if that makes sense. Which also makes, no, me, it like, does. Which also makes me like Jax a lot as well. I think Jax is a really flexible champion and it's just really, really fun to play. But to you will you talked about other games that I've that we've been been uh delving into in the meantime as well. The LOR is not the center of the universe. We've um I've been playing uh finally got on the kick and got some help downloading it a couple weeks, but I've been playing some Marvel Snap as well. We have several Heck members yeah of our community that have, we have a just Marvel Snap channel in our Discord. If you're not already a part of our Discord, feel free to join us on there. We are um, Camp Legend is our, is our network name in there, Shameless Plug. And we have a channel in there for Marvel Snap. So we've been um, playing some Marvel Snap. It's a turn-based card game, similar in that way, but it's a lot shorter. Games are a lot shorter, so it's easier to kind of jam multiple games in. It's really refreshing and a completely different style of game. Then, Legend uh, Legends of Runeterra. Also, still deep into Pokemon Unite. We still play with our 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 team, the, the past Prime Apes. uh You joined us last night for practice, which was really fun. Lost a bunch of games. Felt great.
0: Felt great. We, yeah, we, we we didn't do as bad <laughs>
1: as you think. Um, we
0: won one. We won one, and then we won, we won against multiple. bots. Yes,
1: that that, that, that is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, still playing plenty of Pokemon Unite, amongst other things, and, and board games and things. So it's. My my attention is split everywhere, but I love the diversity that my my gaming attention has, um, has kind of pulled me into because it's every time I I
0: dive into a game, it feels refreshing.
1: Hmm. What about That's you? Awesome. What have you What have you been playing uh in Lor and outside of Lor?
0: Well, I've been jealous of uh of watching you guys play Pokemon Snap. I'm like looking at the graphics and the vibe for the game, and I'm like, man. This seemed gimmicky at first, and now it's you, just seeming cool. You combine two, depth did you of play?
1: Pokemon Unite or Marvel oh, Snap?
0: What Did I did I call it Pokemon you, Snap?
1: Which is also a game, but that's which like from is like the a N64 like yeah. No, ago.
0: No, I mean Marvel Snap, the Marvel gotcha. Snap, the game. I'm getting envious of Pokemon Snap, guys. I'm going to go buy, break out my... They actually remade Pokemon Snap recently for the Switch, too, which I, I did not purchase. But anyway, I'm sure that was just a, a cheap uh, a way to get $60 off a nostalgia trip off of people like me whose first N64 game was pokemon snap but anyway marvel snap i've been watching and at first i thought it was going to kind of be gimmicky and now i'm realizing that from what you guys are doing there's a lot of depth of gameplay there so i've been pretty interested in that um and i haven't gotten access to it yet because unlike i i you you got someone sit down and help you like get into it i guess there's a a a secret back door that you can use i don't i I don't have the key that's what i had yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm waiting to get access, but it's coming out, like, very soon. I think it's, like, early October. It'll actually come out on my phones. So I'm just going to wait and, and grab it then, and I'll definitely be diving in and playing it some. Um, in LOR, uh, I, I also did Jax uh right when it came out. I'm like, this is kind of interesting because it, it's two Terra champions. They have natural synergy, right, because they, they both want to equip stuff. Um, And a lot of the Weapon Masters get better after you've equipped stuff. A lot of the Darkens get better after you've equipped stuff. You have a lot of the Improvise sort of baked into it, which is pretty cool. Um, Unfortunately, it is a very narrow card pool, right? There's like three cards that you can leave out of your deck. Uh, All of it just goes in, and you leave like three three or four cards out. Um, But I actually had a a lot of success with it. Um, Early on, uh, in the beginning of the season... I went virtually undefeated with it for the first couple of days. I, I lost, like, two out of 20 games. Like, I absolutely tore up the ladder with this thing. It's awesome. And I think there was some... I, maybe, like, the community didn't predict quite accurately, at least at first. I mean, there was obviously a lot of conversation around each of these, right? I think a lot of people kind of thought, ye, maybe not great. Orn, maybe not great. Jackson Kane, people said probably pretty good. Nora, people thought either good could be busted, that sort of thing. Um, and my experience was with Jace Kane, Jax Kane. I think a lot of people just weren't expecting the amount of aggression in board control that the deck had the ability to put out, and that made those two champions my favorite. And honestly, I really haven't even dabbled with the others. Uh, I haven't been particularly interested in Ornn, I have not played Nora, uh, just because I have fallen into another deck, which is you know very true of me. I sort of once the meta settles, you go back in and tweak. I find a deck that I feel comfortable on and that I'm enjoying sort of the way it makes my brain work. And then I just sort of, I glue to it and I don't look yeah. up new decks and I just play that deck because I'm very casual at this point, right? Like I'm playing a game or two a day normally. And so a lot of times if I'm doing a game or two a day, it's when I'm like, I'm on a bio break, right? I'm on the toilet and I'm like, let's play a game or two. <laughs> uh, and in that case, you're not jumping on Mobilelytics to go see what the top meta deck is and, and get the deck code for it, right? I'm just... Let me just queue up a deck that I'm familiar with. And that deck for me has been a great meta counter. At least uh, I'm almost plat um, and I almost don't lose uh, with this deck. And that is, I've been staying on Katarina Yasuo. And it's just, it's very good. Obviously, we'll talk meta a little bit, but there's a couple of decks that are very strong in the meta right now. In um, one of those is sort of like the 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 Katarina with Gwen and Elise yep. deck. Um, that's like comboing. That one is very popular. Uh, I don't think I have lost a game against um, against the Kane uh, Akshan deck. Um, just because stun is so potent against these decks that basically need to go to combat in order um, to get their champions leveled up and get their combos online. And uh, what I found is is that the you can... It, it's a very combo deck, right? It's, it's very Ionia, right? It's very no opponent. You don't get to do the things that you want to do. And I am going to draw my stuff and eventually over one or two turns, I'm going to... But it's very different in terms of combo than, say, Lee Sin is, which is more like a from-hand combo. This is more of like a board state combo um, where you're kind of getting the board to the point where you're now controlling it. And then it's like, well, yeah, there's there's an inevitability between the landmark, the Yasuo, the Katarina, all coming down uh, on a turn and just, you know, stunning up and clearing your board and I can just push the damage through. And you just, you basically take a round to run your opponent out of resources in their hand or, you know, from their mana to the point where like they just can't keep putting enough blockers down to stop the onslaught of stuns and attacks and all of that stuff. Um yeah have been thoroughly enjoying that deck. I know uh, I don't play it on unranked ladder because I know it's not, you know, some people's personal favorite deck to play against. So I do play it exclusively in ranked right now. Uh, but it's been going well. Uh, it's it's usually not hard to get a winner day or a win or two a day um, and really been enjoying it. Outside of LOR, I'm going to stay in the vein of card games because I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. But um, outside of LOR, I downloaded and <laughs> started playing the Pokemon LCG, uh, TCG, the Pokemon TCG. Um, now, this is going to be coming out with a new client and a mobile client um, with oh, that'll wow. be a lot more accurate to um, like modern day card games, digital card games. So right now, it's not at all. In fact, you cannot spend any money in the game at all. Um, the only way that you can get to to get ahead financially, like if you wanted to spend money. You have to go and buy physical decks and physical packs of cards and scan the QR codes with a camera, and it will import the cards that you bought physically into your digital collection. Very interesting. Literally the only way to do it. So everything is just in-game currency. It's a very non-predatory model. One of the really interesting things is they have this huge stack of Uh, decks that are called uh, theme decks, and uh, they're very expensive. Like, one of the ones that I bought now sells for, like, 250 bucks, right? But if you earn 500 in-game coins, you can purchase that theme deck, which you can earn 500 coins in a day and a half usually. Um, You could purchase that theme deck. It's a full 60-card deck. And then they have a ladder that is dedicated exclusively to theme decks, so nothing else can be played. If your deck is modified in any way, you cannot play it on the theme ladder. And so you can just go and dive in and you can start playing the game within a day and feel like you can get a deck that will be competitive and will be enjoyable to play that will teach you the game and you don't have to spend the next year building up a card collection before you can field a meta deck. Um, And it's just been scratching the itch for me. I've been playing it for about four or five days. And I have, I think, four theme decks now. I have a Charizard, a Dragonite, uh, uh, one that has an electric sheep in it, um, and a couple others. Is that I'm really uh, enjoying it? Zamp or whatever? I don't electric remember sheep? that. It's like a little electric sheep that becomes a Fluffy, I think, is the name of the evolved form. And then Ampharos, I think, is the last form. It's a big Mareep? yellow dragon y. Mareep, yes, I think that's what it is.
1: Mareep is the one. the electric sheep,
0: yes. So uh, I've been playing that, and honestly, it's been really enjoyable. Now, I will say this. The client is dated. There's no way to change your trainer. They've taken that completely out of the shop. They ha- they no longer even print theme decks anymore. It's very clearly been like, we're working on a new project. This is abandoned. But supposedly, a lot of the newer cards, specifically like sword and shield cards that you're able to collect in the game, um, will be given to you once they relaunch the new client. So some of those cards and the progress that I'm making now will transfer. So when the game launches formally and it it brings a bunch of new players in, uh, I will have some theme decks and a couple of established things that I can build with. Um, They do a lot of really cool stuff. They have, like, a, a, a monthly free, basically, event pass that, like, as you play games, you just naturally earn packs of cards and event tickets and rewards and then, like, really specific, like, VMAX power um, Pokemon, like this month, there's like a, a Jolteon that's like a VMAX Jolteon that you can get if you just, you know, casually play enough games. They have some daily login rewards that are going to give you coins. Um, you can buy packs of cards. I love cracking packs, so I feel good. Um, they even have this mechanic in it where, like, you pick the pack that you want to crack and you select it. And then you actually have to take your mouse to the top right-hand corner and drag it across to rip the top of the pack off. So you feel like you're cracking a pack. This is this funny. is
1: great because this is scratching the itch that LOR is not giving you. Yeah. So then you appreciate LOR and you can come back to it. And you're like, I'm okay playing the game because I'm get to rip some packs open virtually <laughs> on this other client and then on my other experience that's not this. So maybe maybe it's it's good for that, for that even, even you know what, you could hate the game and you would totally just go in there and crack some packs.
0: I would, because I like collecting things. I love collecting things. Um, so that's 100% true. And it does. It, you know, it, It's made LOR a little bit more enjoyable for me in some capacities over the past couple of days. Uh, outside of trying to keep up with two card games, it'll be very hard. Except when I run into a Zero Aurelia or Kaisa. And then uh, the game once again feels awful, of course. But <laughs> even those decks nerfed. I just hate them hate them bro <laughs> they're so hard to deal with
1: yeah my that's darkness for me i came back after like a couple weeks of um just intermittent play and i was like okay i'm gonna sit down i'm really gonna grind like, a good session of legends of Runeterra. first game i queue into is darkness and i'm like this is why this is why i hate these decks
0: <laughs> yeah yeah they are not fun not fun to play against in many ways um well i tell you what i don't know about you that's what i've been playing, so you've been playing. are you ready you ready to jump in and chat about the the latest news time for the main event <laughs> okay everybody we're gonna jump in and, and talk about some of the news uh now there's obviously there's tons of news we have a new expansion Uh, New uh, Path of Champions content, new season pass, new content roadmap that's been previewed that we're going to talk about a little bit. So there's tons of stuff. We've talked a little bit about the expansion so far, but realistically, what's in it? We got Darken, we got uh, all types of equipment, um, five new champions, (laughs) lots and lots of new cards. My question for you, Gibby, is in your experience playing over the past couple of weeks, how has... This latest five-piece expansion impacted the meta, if at all. Like, how how is it impacting the game for you? And what are you maybe what are you enjoying out of it? Sure,
1: I mean I'm enjoying. I'm like I've talked about. Jeff, I've definitely been enjoying the the improvised mechanic. There are also quite a few um, cards here that I think are just powerful cards that have just imp- just kind of inserted themselves into top decks that it it almost feels like this this expansion has been very supplementary if i would agree I, with that if i can put it that way like what this has done is if anything it has either right sized the tempo of what the meta has is to a point where other decks that previously maybe weren't at the top because other things were at the top and they kind of kept them in check um with an adjustment to to the tempo of of what was doing of what's doing well in the meta, for example, like pirates are back, um, and mm. I think pirates were kind of getting obliterated uh, a bit too easy, or or decks were healing out of it previous to this expansion, um, but with an a little with this new expansion being almost a little bit more combo focused, it feels like. Pirates does a really good job burning things down while you're trying to set up your combo pieces um, a little bit spell heavier it feels like um but there it feels like there are cards that are in here that are just super useful um for some top decks that I would like I think are kind of defining. These new decks, and then there are there are cards that are just like being thrown off to the side here. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the slower, more greedier de- cards that came out with this expansion, I'm not seeing get the value that I thought they were gonna get. I mean, so yeah, I would agree with that. Like if we're gonna name some cards in particular, I mean, I thought that utter devastation, the kill all eunuchs except for Allied Darken and Allied Equipped units, like depending on how equipment was gonna fare. Um, and the darkened units were going to fare. I was like, okay, this card can be good. But what's weird about it is, is that the, I feel like the darkened units, maybe the darkened units a little bit less, but the equipment pieces of things seem to be just fine establishing themselves within the meta. I mean, Jack's Timelines is doing really, really well right now, and that's yeah, very equipped. And that's, that's a deck that, I mean, if you find Timelines on one, that is a hard, if that deck finds Timelines on one, it's a very hard deck to beat. Absolutely, because you, because you get the improvise and you you end up transforming it because of the timelines into a B for your unit and you still get to keep the improvise now the now that equipment's going to continue to cycle on your in your hand, so that's a very good deck type where the improvising equipment has now reinvented timelines and kind of reinvigorated reinvigorated it. I thought eclectic collection with all of the um Mm-hmm. with all of the portals was going to be more important and i think while it's not super prevalent in meta decks i think that is a card that is it's still strong uh realms caretaker is pretty good but then you see all the like the back alley stuff mm-hmm. and i'm like this isn't stuff that's never gonna see play at least i haven't seen it make play have you been seeing outside of not... like the improvised and equipment heavy stuff are you seeing anything else really making an impact from this expansion
0: yeah, that's a great question. I It's so hard to say. I think the back alley stuff, like I think there's there's some memey stuff, right? It's it's a it's a it's a love it's a love card to the content creators here, you know, go make something with this. It's not going to be good, but you can use it. What's interesting is I actually think every piece of equipment is garbage that they released except for what you can improvise <laughs> uh, and there's so much in the set that's equipment. And I, I was just sort of scrolling through, right? The, you know, you have Demacian steel, you have uh, the great hammers from Noxus, like uh, you have, you know, the PNC, uh ghastly V 1.0, you have the yeah. spear, um, you have all of this stuff, the draconic bands, you have, I think one, a piece of equipment, at least bone club, soul sword, like, you have one piece of equipment at each for each faction, I believe, and I think all of them are basically unplayable. Like I think I think they almost n- will never see play. I think it's improvised that's good. Like I think I'll, an and, I'll, and
1: I'll caveat that by saying I agree with you, except for the 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 few pieces of equipment that I think there's one for Demon or there's one for there's definitely one for Shadow Isles. There is one for. Um, Noxus and there is one for Sharima, where it's either play this weapon meet this meet this requirement play this weapon on a unit or spend a bigger vast amount of mana yeah, and those are the the into a powerful weapons. unit yeah those the darkened pieces of equipment outside I think do have a place the the flexibility flexibility has always been important in a strong thought process or an idea when mm. when built into a card, and I do think, well, I don't know, I'm not seeing a lot of those those three pieces of darkened equipment built into like high performing consistent decks. I do think that they can take part in a strong deck if you needed them for a tech choice and win you games,
0: sure, sure, yeah, but i I do think that you're right. I think a lot of the cards in this debt in this set, unless They are Improvise, and then cards that maybe synergize with Improvise, like you're just not seeing them. So, you know, I'm looking at Improvise, and of course, you have, I think, maybe one of the best ones in the Improvise set, which is Combat Cook, which improvises and forges. That card is nutty, especially in Timeline's deck, like a four-cost, it's just so, so strong. It's such a big swing if Timelines has been played. And then you do have things like uh, Momentous Choice, which is the one-mana burst, give an ally plus one or plus one health or plus one damage, but if it's equipped, you do it again. And that's, you know, a one-mana keep something alive or a one-mana boost or quick strike. It's actually very strong in that deck. I was actually looking throughout the cards, and I was like, you know, I actually think that Kane himself, I think that Jax, and I think that Nora are all pretty strong. I think all three of those are pretty strong champions. For the general cards, when I look at them, the only ones that I've really seen make much headway and, and get much play, um, are one mana. Um the Forsaken Bakai. Uh Forsaken Bakai is very strong. Uh one mana <laughs> predict. If it's a darkener equipment, get plus one plus one. I have seen this in um uh in Lurk decks. Uh I've seen this in uh I think mean Kaisa decks I've seen this in um, you know, just Shirima in general. You you saw this in Kane Akshan. Um, I think that this card may be the best card. Forsaken Bakai might be one of, if not the best card in the set. Um,
1: it's definitely up there because if you can if you can pull an equipment or pull a darken, it's it's not only consistency for your early turns, but it's also and even if you don't end up picking a Darken or an Equipment, you now know exactly what you're getting on turn two unless you choose to not take the predict options. Predicting on one and still having a body is is, is strong.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that might be, like, the strongest card in the entire set in terms of not having to work directly within the improvised timelines strat or inside the cane auction strat. Um you know, just as a general card, I don't know. Do you have a card that you think is like, you've just, it's been a standout for you as being maybe the most powerful or versatile card in the set so far. Cause I'm kind of curious. It seems like your overall opinion is at first, this set had a bunch of impact, but as you know, two or three weeks have passed now, what you're saying is no, it's, it's really, you know, NASA's kindred it's, you know, Evelyn, Evelyn, uh, Viego, it's, uh, you know, it's pirates, it's going back, it's darkness, it's going back to the things that were tried and true that actually just got so much stronger because of the nerf to allow a bard is maybe yeah. the, the bigger impact than this set.
1: Yeah, well, I do think we are returning to a lot of meta decks with slight, slight tweaks to them now with some, some of the growing card pool. I think it is important to note... Well, first I'll say this. I think a couple cards that I have found, um, non champion cards that I have found impactful... I think Blades of the Fallen is a really cool card. And as long as equipment continues to be out there, Blades of the Fallen will be a a, a strong card to counteract high removal decks. The one mana burst between Shadow Isles and Shirima that says, give an ally last breath, summon an Ithacan ma- uh, Mirage with my equipment this round. So if you've got a unit that has has equipment on it, you play this at burst if they've targeted your unit or they've blocked it in a way that you didn't anticipate. You're going to get a three-two back on the board plus the equipment that's whatever's on that unit uh, to to stay on board too. So you're most likely getting a, we'll say at minimum probably a five-four body or a five a four-three body or maybe even a five-three or something like that body out there with equipment on it mm. uh, for one mana burst. Like that's a huge piece of tempo. Uh, to to maintain board control, um, I also think just because the uh, equipment is so is is out there, Quietus, the one mana spell from mm-hmm. from Shirima, or no Shadow Isles the kill a unit with two or less power or destroy a unit's equipment that is a flexible piece of removal. But more than that, that more than that, I think Heavy Metal is probably my standout card. Um, destroy units equipment, and then deal two to it. Most of the top decks at some point are dealing with a little bit of equipment. At some point, if not, it's a it's a two mana slow spell, which you don't like. You don't love that it's slow, but it's a two mana slow spell that can do two to a to any unit, yeah, even a champion unit. Like that's pretty good. And um, you can get
0: a ton of value off destroying and exp- like a good piece of equipment that, you know, especially off an improvised, that's going to keep coming back. You know, they got that thing for free, granted, but if you're removing it, you're removing some of the value from the card because most of the improvised cards, of course, unless you're flipping them with timelines, are uh, understated, right? They need that weapon in order to be relevant. You remove the equipment, which is interesting because you can remove its health. There's a lot of things that come into play, um that when they come in, you know, they they only have two health, except the equipment has increased their health. And then this sort of deals with that, you know, even like the combat cook, right? Combat cook's going to come in, he's going to forge, he's going to get at least a plus one. This thing's often going to be at least a four, three or higher, um, sometimes, you know, a four, five or something. This just straight up for two mana removes that and removes the equipment. You're not going to be able to keep playing it. So I agree. That's a strong card. Good, good sort of silver bullet or counter card to what they introduced in the game in some ways.
1: Yeah. And I, I think there are, we will see certain cards take a bigger hold as archetypes kind of come to prevalence. These are because these supplementary cards, I don't think a lot of them are bad. Like I think they are all a decent power level, but most of them might not be played a lot right now because the card the decks that they would supplement aren't maybe are not are not. um but i think as long as equipment is it tends to be strong these cards will be around um but as as the card pool continues to increase with every expansion you're going to see less and less cards from all of the new cards be the the movers and the shakers of what we define the meta with
0: yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I agree with that. And I think that it'll be interesting. Once again, I think this is only one part of, obviously, we already know this. This is only one part of what we're going to see with this darkened set. So we're going to see more stuff. We're going to see more equipment. We're going to see lots more champions coming out with it. Um, I think it's cool that they splash the five champions. Obviously, just from a purely aesthetic standpoint, I think Kane and Jax, ye even are very cool. Um, And I think that, The one of the things that LOR desperately needed to do for a year now is reclaim some semblance of a cool factor in their game that made people want to come in and play it. Um, And so I think that that has helped. I've been drawn in. Speaking of cool factor, can we talk very briefly about the event pass that came out? Uh, Because it's pretty dope. Uh, The event pass is pretty dope. Did you pick it up? Did you pick up the event pass yet? Or are you just trying to work your way through it before you decide?
1: Yeah, that's that's my mantra with all the event passes It's always trying to work my way through before I pick it up. Um, I don't know. With 14 days remaining, I don't know how high I'm going to get. I might not pick it up. It just, just, it just depends. If I can get at least, I think, to the Kane and Rast uh, card back, then I think I will probably do it. Um, but there are quite a few... Little additions in this event pass that had me interested. I think the the corrupted Leona icon is mm. super cool, and even just the corrupted Leona champion, like uh, the the skin on the on the card there that you get if you get to that five ten mark out of out of five ninety. I think that is just super cool.
0: Yeah, and I was. I'm only like 200 tokens in, but I haven't completed like any of the quests. What I've learned is, is that if I really want to do it, as long as I have three days remaining in the event pass, I can grind out basically anything between Path of Champions and it. There's so much stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute, because that reference Path of Champions. Um, there's so much stuff to talk about, but uh, I really enjoy so much of of this event pass as soon as I saw that both Diana and Leona skins, which were the two I was most interested in, were in this pass, I was like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess I'm buying this pass. So I've learned that basically if I win a game or two a day and then I complete all of the various quests sort of across the board, um, I, you know, I can, you know, it, I'll, I'll be able to do it all. So that's what I'm excited for. I'm pumped for it. You, if you bought the event pass early on, I think you also got access to, to uh, an an extra quest that you wouldn't have gotten access to otherwise. So I bought it early to get that extra quest. I love the look and the vibe of so much in this set. So I'm pretty pumped about it. And yeah, I'm going to do everything I can uh, later later in the past to make sure I max this thing out and claim both that Leona and Diana skin. Even I don't play Leona and Diana much. When I do play them, you can guarantee... I'm playing with those sick corrupted skins. Maybe um, maybe you'll
1: play them more. Maybe you'll maybe we'll have to bust out Leona Yasuo again.
0: Yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe I will. I, I I think that there is room for Leona in the meta. I think there's probably some room for Diana in the meta. So maybe I do bust out the Diana Nocturne list and play it. I think that, you know, Shadow Isles Nocturne with corrupted Diana could be a really cool aesthetic. So um yeah, I'm totally in totally in for that. Play it for the vibes um, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you had any chance to do any of the new Path of Champions stuff? Have you dabbled in any of that? I have
1: not, which is going to make you the expert in this conversation.
0: Well, I'm far from an expert. More so, I wanted to talk about maybe philosophy almost because I think it was really interesting that they you know, they said they were taking some focus off of PVE and we got like 15 Path of Champion quests. Like, I don't remember, you remember logging in that day and being like, I was like, what are all these quests? And I logged in and there's like, holy crap, there are so many Path of Champion quests. Uh, how'd you feel about that? Like, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, for, for, for them talking like that they're moving away from the PVE and moving away from the focus of Path of Champions, for them to bring that much into the game all at once, my hope is that this wasn't their final big push effort to inject a bunch of quests and, and content into that mode before they just absolutely just delete it from their focus. I mm. That's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. I hope that they, even at some capacity, while it may not be the main focus as they've mentioned, I'm hoping that at least they continue to put out a little bit of content for it here and there and make the the mode that they've previously made such a flagship kind of stance on of this is an important game mode and will be a pillar of Legends of Runeterra, this path of champions mode, and we want it to be continue to grow and be be a really fun method that apparently is bringing a lot of people into the game. It, I just hope that they don't backtrack so hard by just leaving it stagnant and doing nothing with it. And so to see the Quest coming out, I was a little bit encouraged that there might be more balance than they alluded to within their kind of corporate message. Um, mm-hmm. while I didn't necessarily get excited about oh I'm going to complete this quest because I'm not really a big Path of Champions player I'm more of a PvP player I was excited for those who I know and there are a lot of them within our community um, in our Discord and non that really enjoy Path of Champions and even with some of the tweaks with the currency and, and getting the the champion shards to be it being a little bit easier now I think I'm I'm happy that that's worth, still worth their time because there's a people have sunk a lot of hours into Path of Champions already for it to kind of cease to be an important piece of the game.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And there are some, you know, there's some rewards that are uh, connected to the event, right? They're gone in two weeks. You have two weeks to go get them. Um, there's a bunch that aren't. There's a whole bunch of new ones that aren't. They're sort of like pinnacle achievement type of things, right? Three level higher and like you know, and I, I've reached a few of them. Uh, I was close to a few, so I did a few of them. In addition to that, they also introduced weekly challenges in Path of Champions, which I think is interesting. So it's not just the same paths. You can also now go to Path of Champions, and when you click the play button towards the center of the map, there is uh, a rotating uh, path of different things that will come out. So there's literally a weekly. Like right now, it's 1.5-star uh, uh, Victor, 2-star um, Caitlyn, and a 3-star version of Swain. And, uh, you know, the three-star version is really hard. It's really, really hard. Um, and, uh, and I think that's really quite cool as well. Um, you know, they've uh, released a three-star Thresh. That came out. That's pretty neat. Um, Kaisa was out beforehand. Um, but they have, you know, there's still a lot for me to do in Path of Champions is what I'm trying to say. And now they have weekly adventures, which I think is really smart because it was really boring to go back and replay the same paths Oh, let's go play Lulu for the 50th time. Now you can, oh, okay, this week I'm going to focus on, you know, leveling up my Vi. And I'm going to go take Vi through the weekly challenges. Or I'm going to, you know, really challenge myself with something else. I think that that was a really smart addition. I honestly don't know why it wasn't added before now. It just makes sense that Path of Champions would have been launched with a a rotating uh, list of things, right? Like, that would have been cool. Um, I feel like a, it maintains a,
1: a, itself by just implementing, yeah. just putting that in the game.
0: Yeah, and then putting and, and and so, but and also, they're not leaving it. Now we know that they plan about a year out for content, so it's not a surprise to me that we got a lot of content for Path of Champions. Um, it would be a surprise to me to see this much content nine months from now. That would be surprising to me. Um, so we'll kind of see over the next six to nine months <laughs> what continues to come out. That being said, lastly in news we have a roadmap looking forward and this is the first roadmap that we've had since bandle. Is that the case? Um, I don't know if we had a roadmap for like the bard and like the, the triple release for them, Jin and bard. And it
1: might be, I feel like we've periodically either through videos or, or what have you have received like roadmap stuff, but I don't know this, this was, this was like a, concerted effort of a roadmap though.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's very good. Um uh do you have it pulled up over there? The roadmap pulled up? I am if not I do. Go I'm ahead. Up. So uh a couple of things. One September we already knew what was gonna come out new PvE champions, new stuff, five new champion skins, corrupt event. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh next month we're gonna have another event. So in October we're going to get the Darken Saga Domination. So we're going to get new champions, three new champions. So First release had five. This one has three, which is interesting. Arch Light event. Um, and they're going to release some new PvE champions as well. November, we're going to get a Worlds Balance Patch World Championship event. Really a lull in content in November as much as they're going to try to get the meta in the place that they want it as we head into Worlds. I think that's interesting and cool. Um, we're gonna get the uh, Dark and Saga finale in December with three more new champions. The second part of the Corrupted event. So we're gonna have Corrupted event part one, then the Archlight event, which I'm sure is you know fighting back against the corruption probably, and then uh, and and this reminds me a little bit of sort of like the Viego Ruination and uh, Sentinels expansions. Yeah, right, that's
1: that kind of what had. I get too. I think that was a huge success, exce- a huge success of an event, and I would love to see them do something similar to that.
0: Exactly. Um, and so new PvE champions as well, a balance patch, yada, yada, yada. Uh, 2023, moving forward, uh, we're getting more LOR-exclusive champions, new ways to play, including a rotation in 2023. It's huge. Balance adjustments, which we expected, more expansions, which we expected. So what out of this, October through you know what they've said is coming next year, are you most excited for?
1: Rotation. It's gotta be rotation. It is well. I love the darks, the Darken Saga, like the theme of the Darken Saga, and I, because they're making it a a continued saga, I'm very interested to see what that entails. I love learning about Legends of Runeterra lore, and when the Viego, for example, I think Viego and the the Sentinels, adversing ad the um, the darkness kind of pieces of things that to me was a really cool catalyst for me to go through and start looking at more lore because I used to do the lore corner on here. Like I loved, um, I love learning about the backstory and what's written, and like the narrative behind all these really cool and thought out and flavorful champions that they they give us to play with, and some of their voice lines and what they truly mean, and maybe what their what their aesthetic looks like in in um, League of Legends and how it transfers over. So the fact that they're making this a saga and they're eventually going to have a finale that is really cool to me. I we'll be doing a lot more digging into lore in the next, in the coming months as they start releasing and previewing more of, of these champions that they're considering a part of um, this whole tale that there's weaving of the Darkens. Um, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't want to focus on talking about the the, um, the rotation. I think rotation is something that will be really good for the health of the game I am very intrigued to see what they put into the rotation, whether it's a mix of, mm, how far back they go with rotation. Are they literally just going to remove everything that's a basic card in the game? Or that sure. was that was a part of the original game? Or are they going to make it a mix of newer stuff and older stuff? I can't imagine they would do anything that's within the last year or maybe year and a half of of cards, but. What they target for this rotation and what the timelines look like for the rotation, I will, I will be interested to see.
0: I, I'm interested less, to good. see it as well. Yeah, I um, I was trying to think through kind of what I'm most excited about. Um, and honestly, I am really excited about the continuation of the Darken stuff. Um, I didn't know this was going to be a small set. I'm sure they told us this, but I wasn't tuned in close enough to the news to know that this was going to be a three-piece you know, section of content, which is really interesting because they kind of said they were going away from three-piece sections of content like whenever we finished Bandle City, and they're like, we're doing things different. And that hasn't, <laughs> well... like, this is literally the exact same thing. Uh, it, this is literally just an expansion over three pieces. Uh, even if they're not saying that's what it is and they're calling it three separate expansions, it's literally just a three-piece expansion. Yep. Uh, so there it is. Uh, I'm excited to see what other ones they bring out. I'm excited to see, very likely, Aatrox. I'm excited to see, um, very likely, some of the other, uh, like, there's a lot of other very cool champions in in LOL. Um, The two things that are interesting to me are, um, yeah, rotation. I think that's interesting. And it's not just saying rotation. It says new ways to play, including rotation. So, to me, that says, A, maybe we'll see draft format come back. Um, I'd like that. Mm-hmm. B would be maybe that. more than draft m- maybe the rotation will come back we'll see sort of like a wild ladder and a normal ladder very similar to what we see in Hearthstone where you do have a place where you can play all your cards and a place where you can't play all of your cards and I would be interested to see what they're gonna rotate out in order to make that a possibility they don't really have an evergreen set in this like you did in most card games that had an evergreen set right I mean how much would it hurt to just be like well Bilgewater and and you know Targon are gone, you can't play either of them. Be like, wow, that's a lot of cards. Like, but you also can't just rotate like the first set of Bilgewater champions out, because Bilgewater will lose a ton of champions. Like you can't just say we're rotating the first year of content out because you're gonna lose half of like all half over half of your target champions, most of your Bilgewater champions, almost all your other factions, like right, then suddenly Bandle City and Shirima have a bajillion champions and no one else does. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to choose to rotate. I also love the idea of new uh, LOR exclusive champions. I didn't love Nora, but I do think it's cool that they're saying this isn't the end. We're going to continue to make lore. To me, that says that the company is probably not reeling things in financially on LOR's team yet. um, Only because uh, you wouldn't let a team that you were intending to cancel in uh, shut down, create new content for your world, right? You would let TFT do that. You would let LOL do that. You would let Arcane do that. That's a fair you don't assumption. Let, yeah, you don't let the thing that's going to die create new lore and new content. You give them the lore. and the, it, it, That would be my thought anyway. So for a, if anything, it kind of said, oh, okay, well, like, there's still an investment, and they still believe in LOR as a, as a game, so maybe we'll continue to see content come out for it. So... I think that was exciting as well.
1: I think you still need to give the poor little old lady who lost her kitty a chance. What being poor Nora. Boy, boy,
0: boy. Nora. Oh, she's
1: Nora. Oh, she's oh this old little lady, I need to find my cat. That's, that's her like whole her. thing. That's her whole shtick. <laughs> I think you gotta give her a chance, but I am excited for more rune terror specific champions.
0: I did see one of the people from our our community, uh, the Shafe, who was playing the Nora deck. And it actually does kind of look fun, right? You get all these random things out. This looks like an RNG RNGPS board swarm that I'm not super interested in, mm-hmm. but uh, I see why people would enjoy her and like her. I'm just like, I'm so done with yurtles. And at least some of the Yertles that have come out before I had some experience with like Kenan. I played in LOL. So I was very attracted to Kenan in LOR. Um, I really, I I love canon in the main game, right? And so Nora not only is a Yurtle, which I don't like, um, but she does an RNG Fiesta, which I don't love. And then I have no reason to like her because I don't know any existing things about her, whereas a lot of other champions, my first time playing them is because I really liked them in LOL. And I'm like, oh, I mean, that was Kane. Like, I've never played Ornn. I don't know anything about Orn. Less interested. Kane and Jax, though, I've played them. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I was so drawn to them um when they first came out not speaking, just because of their Speaking mechanics.
1: of the Shafe, when he and when this expansion came out, he and I had a basically like a 24-hour challenge is kind of what it felt like of, hey, build three decks that you think are fun or whatever you're most interested in because he and I were drawn to the same very to a lot of the same cards and a lot of the same champions early on of this is what we want to build first. We built three decks and then we played them against each other. We both built a Nora deck and they were I think maybe about four to five cards different than each other <laughs> without having communicated at all. So we 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 drew the same conclusions about Nora, which is even funnier now because I think that is not the champion combination or even region
0: combination that has made its way into the meta that involves Nora. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've seen some shakeup and some good stuff, new stuff coming up in the event, uh, in, you know, in the, in the future. I think that's pretty cool too, but something that happened right here. At LegendsCast was we crowned the winner of LCDL Season 7. Of our draft format league. Of our draft format league, which they're planning for LCDL Season 8 right now, which is Will. great. Absolutely um, should. So a couple of quick shout-outs, and then I'm going to put on the interview that I did with Jonathan C. about his victory um uh, in the LCDL. Um, and uh, quick shout-outs are Gangsta Bob. Thank you for doing all the work. He also compiled a ton of videos that a lot of people watched. Um, we actually did commentary on a few of them. Uh, me and uh, Templar Ten. That was fun to do together. Yep. Uh, we didn't unfortunately get to as many as I'd liked to. We sort of did a couple in the first week, and then just didn't have time. But it was still cool. And shout out to Jonathan C for putting it all together and making it happen, and then bringing home that dub with the dominant run win run through uh, through the top of the bracket. Never lost a round. Uh, lost a few games, but never lost a round. So. We have an interview. Let's uh, bring Jonathan C. in here, and I'm going to have a conversation with him about uh, his run through the winner's bracket in LCDL Season 7. The party has arrived. Well, hello, hello. We have a uh, live interview here with the winner of the LCDL Season 7, sporting that special Discord uh, role uh, that is exclusive to the handful of people who've won one of the Discord leagues that we run. Uh, with me today is Jonathan C. or Preeminence. How you
2: doing, man? Doing pretty good.
0: It's a random uh, Monday afternoon, but we both had it free. Had a little bit of time available to be able to jump on and do a live interview. We wanted to take a little bit of time to chat a little bit about uh the the league and really your process. I mean, you ran winners bracket the whole way through, even in double elimination when you got to the very end. I mean, you didn't drop a single round of the of of the whole tournament, correct? The whole league.
2: No, I didn't drop a single round. Um I was kind of surprised. I didn't did not I was not confident on my uh lineup at the beginning. I honestly I was never all that confident on my lineup. Um Darkness is good but exploitable. If someone knows what they're playing, um I really liked my Heimerdinger deck and Llawi was just like what was working. Yeah, it I seemed it, it worked was, well. Yeah, it was Seemed like a strong one, and it seemed like I was able to get it a little late uh, for something that was doing well on ladder. So I picked it up, uh, not really knowing exactly what I was going to do with it. I figured J4 or I figured J4 was going to go later than he did, but he didn't.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the actual league itself, because we've talked about it on the show. But if you're listening in and maybe you didn't catch the episode. We did a draft league for the first time. So first off, hats off to to Jonathan because this league wouldn't have even existed. Neither me nor Gibby had it on our radar to start a new Discord league. We didn't even know if we were going to continue to do Legends Guest Discord league seasons at this point. Um, I, you know, DBN had stopped playing uh, Legends of Runeterra. Um, my my play of LOR had become very casual. Um, we were looking at the upcoming Marvel Snap coming out in not too distant future. And we're kind of getting a little stoked for that and looking at, you know, other other games, other card games. Gibby's still playing pretty regularly. And Jonathan, he reached out to me and he's like, hey, if you're willing to, you know, allow us to do another season of the league, I'll help put it together. Which was great because we didn't have anybody to do it. Um, the people who had run it before we, we didn't have anybody. And then uh, with that came Gangsta Bob, who came up, uh, helped come up with the idea for the uh, draft league. And so, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about that process of running the whole thing because I mean, you set it up, you set up the draft, you managed the draft, you did the whole bit beginning to end of getting this league up and going, you ran the bracket. I mean, if it happened, you were doing the work behind it all.
2: yeah, the draft was I wasn't sure it was gonna work um that that's why we did a a practice draft to just uh see how fast uh picks came in uh. The uh, Gangsta Bob's original um, idea was you'd everybody draft champions, but to do it on um, one event night, which I knew was never going to happen. We were never going to get everybody on the same time. Uh, in a that's why we have league the way it is, where you you have your entire week to set up one match. Uh, so two people have to be on at the same time. Um, yeah. So I knew that was never going to work. I figured people can watch Discord fairly regularly during the day. Um, it's not a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of interaction that is going to be required of people. Um, the backup of the Auto pick list was kind of uh something that I came up with uh just to make it so that things would keep moving. I think I only ever had to use like four auto picks in the entire process.
0: yeah, yeah, for the most part, it was there was only a couple of people who time zones impacted a little bit of what they could and couldn't do, I think, but for the most part, we pretty much all picked. I mean we, we made our picks. There's only a couple people who had to auto pick.
2: Yeah. Um so yeah, it, it and it went off. Uh everybody got we got everything done what, by Wednesday? By maybe it's Thursday. But people had plenty of time to make their decks before the next week or at least make a reasonable approximation of what their deck was gonna be.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had a pretty um, good idea.
2: And yeah just uh running it through discord seemed uh like it worked well um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a tremendous amount of fun. it's hard to, i i don't I don't know if i there's like a you did some description earlier uh in previous podcasts, so I'm sure yeah. uh and I don't know how many people are like interested in trying to figure out what we're doing. I don't know that uh, me jumping around to details is going to be helpful.
0: Sure, yeah. No, if you really want to know how it works, swing into the Discord and ask us, and Jonathan will be more than willing, and, and Gangsta Bob as well. The point is, it was really cool, and the idea was really cool. Um, you guys uh, executed on it, uh, really awesome. So, like, all of that stuff, great. Um, the other thing that I would, I wanted to ask was, tell us a little about your strategy, because... You know, before, you know, we've asked strategy with just deck building. Well, you had to do deck building, but you also had to come in with some level of a strategy in terms of what you wanted to get your hands on during the draft. And we did a snake draft. So the first person went, went the whole way to the, se- the last person. The last person went twice, and it went back to the first person who picked twice, and it went back. So uh, Preeminence was the last one, though. So uh, he was the-, the tail end of the draft. So he got the first double pick. But it also meant that, you know, there were 10 super picks before he ever even had the opportunity to pick anything, which obviously, you know, that's a challenge. Uh, You know, a lot of the picks that maybe you might want would be gone at that point, Um, even though you can sort of draft a team of champs, maybe, you know, synergistic group if there's one that's remaining on first round. So tell us a little bit about your particular strategy uh, coming into the draft, Jonathan, what, you know. Obviously, that worked well for you. What were you trying to get your hands on? What were you hoping to get your hands on?
2: Well, okay, so I did have one bit of strategy that I had coming into the draft. I figured I would pick up Senna early uh that way Vigar is gonna I'm gonna get my hands on Vigar. i I'll have darkness. Hmm. I like darkness. I'm comfortable with it. it's um. An established deck. So it's gonna be better than a lot of things, but also it's not currently all that relevant. So it's not the best thing. Sure, but in a
0: draft Um, format where a lot of people don't have the most ideal double champion to work together, Darkness as a as a thing could become a lot more punishing, obviously, because you know it is tried and true, it is established, and you're right, if you pick up Senna. And you super pick it. You kind of figure, well, no one's probably going to super pick Vigar because they go together. So you have two that are so synergistic together, you can pretty much guarantee your your later pick. You know, you can pick that Vigar up much later in the draft and not feel
2: bad mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So basically, is like this is the, I get this one deck from one super pick, and that was my strategy. And then I kind of just like was looking for champions that I like um for the other one I'd like a lot of Ezreal decks but Ezreal is a lot worse than he has been yeah. so that was probably probably a bad pick I ended up playing him through the tournament but he was kind of just a support champion Hmm. Interesting.
0: Um, just to sort of get some early game presence and maybe uh maybe a a mystic shot wants to be able to clear something specifically
2: yeah, I think I won maybe two games off of uh Ezreal being leveled during the thing, but it was mostly a Heimerdinger deck. Okay. Uh which so yeah, the um the Heimerdinger uh was still available when I came back and I'm like, I like Heimerdinger. Um hmm. I could I and I could pair him with Ezreal if it came to it. And I saw a lot of the ones that I might pair with Ezreal going um during the uh during the super picks. Yeah, sure. Uh in the next round. So I'm um, I so I was like, okay, I'll pick up Imer Dinger and then I also saw that um Alawi was there. I figured I would probably get Jet back J4. But that didn't didn't come about.
0: I was honestly um, surprised Alawi had made it the entire way to the first super, round of super picks, but I think at the time, Alawi Bard had not really become super popular yet. Um, no,
2: Alawi Bard was pretty popular, but okay. uh, the, the guy who liked uh, who picked up Bard um, was uh, was. More on or was more interested in Demacia art.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah.
2: 100%. So I, so uh, no, none of the, nobody was had allowing on the radar per se. So it seemed like it's a, a enough of a package yeah. that it, you can put it with something and just make it work. Sure. Um I didn't get any good Demacia champs. Uh that. So what did you end up deciding to pair?
0: Uh what did you end up deciding to pair with your Alawi in the end? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, so you had a mono allowie deck, a Heimerdinger Ezreal deck, and a Darkness deck with Senna Vigar. Now from there, yeah. did you have, you know, because a lot of people made you know, not just three decks, but they made a whole bunch of decks. Did you just find three I decks had, that you felt comfortable with, or did you have others made that you just didn't bring?
2: I had two on the back burner that were fine. Um, I had Thresh uh, Galio, which was a uh, matron, matron and what's um, oh, the 10 drop Demacia girl.
0: Yeah, yeah, Cythria clouds or something. Cythria, yeah, Super Cythria, sure, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So basically, you build up a board, you bring out Cythria on turn seven or eight, and then, uh, hopefully crush them from there. Sure. Um, which it was fine. I would not have been unhappy playing it. I don't think it was as good as any of the ones I had. Um. Yeah same thing with both of the diana nocturne nightfall lists um okay. i had I w- probably nightfall would be a fine deck i don't know that it would be a good pairing with my other decks for um in a lineup sure. and i'm not super uh not super familiar with it. i I'm not comfortable with it, really.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, it was cool to watch you kind of make a run through the, you know, the top of the ladder. Obviously, I got knocked down. I was eliminated pretty quickly in, and we had some pretty competitive decks. I mean, in the end, when it really got refined, we ended up with basically you, Curry, and Payne battling it out for, Mm -hmm. you know, first, second, and third right at the end. Um, and, uh, but, you know, even coming into the last round, you know, you were still sitting on the ability to be double eliminated by Curry, um, but you still came out on top. But with all of that being said, thinking back on sort of your run through the top of the bracket in season seven, what was the most nerve wracking matchup that you had? Like, what was the one where you were like, I don't know. I mean, was there one that was like, I don't know that I'm going to win this one. You know, did you ever have? Uh, a situation like
2: that, or did you feel pretty
0: confident? Probably,
2: probably going into my first one versus the pain, or my my mesh versus the pain. Okay, he had knocked out uh, Nerf Lulu, uh, which you know, am yeah. three time
0: champ. Uh, yeah, I think he's been the champion on three different three different uh, seasons or of the of the LCDO.
2: So. And I wasn't sure how what or I was thinking that uh his lineup was pretty good against uh darkness, sure, which was why i uh made a completely different darkness deck
0: oh yeah. I never got to
2: play Because uh, it always' it, cause he decided to ban darkness, okay. but it was. A darkness deck that looks to curve out plays uh the sentinels that get bigger when they when you kill something with a spell. Okay. And have uh oh, what is that? Can't be blocked by two or less power. Um uh yeah. Fearsome. Uh,
0: yeah, fearsome. So they
2: have fearsome.
0: A more so it plays those style
2: things list. Yeah, it's a, it's a fearsome deck looking to curve out Get the opponent to start uh, dropping their uh, resources on your aggressive stuff. Um, and then it, sometimes that works, but more often you get them down to like 8 or so and they stabilize and then you start playing your darkness game plan. Interesting. And then it usually... Often that that means that a um catalyzer will have hit more than he would usually do in a darkness deck because uh-huh, sure. they, they actually have to worry about their life total in those early turns. So sometimes, uh, block, blocking a buru um sentinel is more important than blocking a, a catalyzer, and so you only need uh, one or two darknesses to the face from that point usually
0: yeah to be able to close out the game and and you're really playing a slightly more aggressive list interesting that you never actually got to play it um so tell us a little about your strategy when you were actually you know playing the game because you know obviously there's a strategy that goes along with drafting there's also a strategy that goes along with the band that you're picking you know Obviously, no one was playing the same decks because none of us had the same champions. But was there a specific strategy or type of deck that your goal was to to ban that type of deck um, to make sure that you opened up room? Um, did you just figure that everyone was gonna ban darkness so you're gonna be able to play your other two? Um, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious as to what your strategy was kind of going in because you're right darkness is exploitable so my thought is most people either ban it or they leave it unbanned taking up one of your other decks knowing full well they have a deck that has a really good matchup against darkness
2: so my biggest worry was uh Masia type uh decks uh decks that uh stat check you because okay uh those are going to be really hard for Uh, when you're dropping three, four toughness units consistently, that's really hard for darkness to deal with, and that's really hard for uh, my Heimerdinger deck to deal with. That takes a little while to get going. Pings early. uh, Can get one or two big kills. Yes. Kind of like darkness. Um, So with uh so they either of them can get run over. Um and Alawi the Alawi deck kinda was sneaking wins. It wasn't uh it wasn't stat checking like the barred version.
0: Okay, sure. So you were really just using the Alawi tools to kind of build a dominant board, but it wasn't such or you were you know dropping four fours on turn two or five, you know, six sixes on turn three because you were, you know, getting the barred chime ticks on your way through.
2: I would have a big tentacle sometimes and then uh I would often like uh get get a um provoke something else. Sure. Provoke their big blocker so my allowe could get through without taking too much damage or something like that.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, I love that strat and I love the fact that allowy although not necessarily like really taking out games uh ended up being just enough and um yeah, and ended up ended up being just enough to to be able to pull out the wins that you needed. Now I be I'll admit it's I we've never had you on the show before and I and I'm amazed that it's taken us this long to be honest with you because in so many of the seasons you've been so dominant. We've seen some names that have been pretty consistently near the top. We've seen Nerf Lulu obviously near the top several seasons. We've seen Payne and Curry have been near the top some seasons as well. But it's been you that virtually every single season you have been in the top two or three just never the guy who actually ended up winning overall. So how did it feel that night when you when you when you pulled out that last game? I think it was a 2v1, a 2-1 score total when you pulled out that last game against Curry or I don't know if you 2-0 him or if it was a 2-1. Um but how did it feel to get that it, last game?
2: I think it was 2-1. Uh so I was coming into that one I was fairly confident I would get the get it cuz i because the uh the fact that he had to beat me twice was just a such a big deal i mean mm. it it can happen but it's going to be a whole lot less uh less likely the mm. one before that was definitely when i was like okay i probably got this in the bag
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, really cool that you uh, were able to finally, you know, make the run the whole way through the winner's bracket, come to the end, come out on top. Now, let me ask you this. If you were going to do it, di- like, again, um, we were going to do the draft again. You know, we're looking at an LCDL Season 8, um, which I'm sure hopefully we'll be looking at in the not-to-decent futures. So if you are listening to this episode, come and join the Discord so that if you want to get involved in this draft format of playing the game, which is a tremendous amount of punch, the draft alone is a blast. Um actually i have this question in one other but um what are some of the changes that you would make if, if you were going to make changes to how we did things is there anything that came to mind that you're like ah, oh, yeah i would i would definitely do this differently
2: we're gonna try swiss next time um which has ups and downs from double elimination but um i think from week to week it'll make for a better experience for everybody um and the one thing that i was not super thrilled with was the ability to um take a single champion in um and then use whatever um what other, whatever other region you wanted um ah, like okay. i did with my eloe demacia um Cause...
0: I'd rather see every deck include at least two champions to ensure that you know the champions that you're using are you at least getting a re- you have to draft a champion from the region that you want to get into.
2: Yes. Um I think that'll uh add a little bit more strategy to the draft. Um make the deck building a little harder. Uh it probably will be it'll be harder to cobble things together when you don't get exactly what you want. If that was, I'm not sure we're going to do it exactly like that. I'll see how, uh, see how everybody feels, but I'd like to try it like that. Nice. Okay. Let
0: me ask you this last question because partway through this season of the LCDL, we had a huge patch. I mean, we had five new champions introduced. We had a bunch of new cards. He also had a point where there was a huge adjustment somewhere through the season where, like Bard, got very. he was very different, right? Bard was very. I mean, out of, out of all of the ones that I can think of, and I can't remember who it was who had Bard. Um, but whoever it was who had Bard like that. That did it made a it made a pretty big difference. I'm gonna look because I'm pretty sure. I think it was Reverb who had Bard. Um, if I if I remember correctly. So did did the switches actually change the season for you? Did you make any adjustments to your decks with any new cards that came out or was it pretty much, you know, just same old same
2: old? I definitely felt like I had to um switch on my Alawi deck a little bit. Uh, the When the new cards dropped, I I definitely enjoyed having access to um. Oh, one man kill spell and I don't know, the the one that uh kills a two power or less creature or kills a a, a uh, equipment, but with bar with uh Ilawi, um the one less health the. Significantly less effective um tentacle smash was huge yeah
0: these are so I
2: cool. ended up yeah, I ended up uh going a little bit closer to or try trying to fill out the um kind of the the combo of uh vanguard sergeant and I added in um, Mariah Warden. Okay. I always forget her name. But I, it's, yeah.
0: It's always easy to remember names until you're on a podcast. Trust me. I am well aware of how that works.
2: <laughs> I can never remember Mariah Warden. <laughs> uh, but yeah, try to go a little bit wider and have another way to win. Uh, besides the tentacle thing.
0: Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, uh, I'm, uh, congratulations, uh, really uh, super awesome that you ended up coming out with the win in the end, uh, taking the dub there, really, really cool. Um, already got the prize money out to you, but um, the trophy and such, uh, we're going to get put together here pretty soon. We still have to do the trophy from last season, season six, uh, out to North <laughs> Lulu. We're going to do those two at the same time uh, and get both of those out in the next couple of weeks and get them shipped out to you um so congratulations great job absolutely love it um and uh, and really looking forward to what's going to be coming out from you guys for drafting in the future if you guys have listened to this and enjoyed it and want to get and check it out come on over once again to the discord join in go to the the league section give us the reaction role to get the league player uh role and so you can see what's going to be going on or just jump in and ask us in general chat how to get it we'll give it to you Uh, But thank you guys so much for listening in. And and Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show and being part of this episode. We really appreciate it. Okay, guys, thank you to Jonathan for being willing to come on the show. We're going to close out the show today with some closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. Closing thoughts are my hope that if you listen to this much of our episode, you won't just learn how to game better. You also learn how to be better. Uh, something that I was reflecting on the other day and my wife brought up was the change of the seasons and how she said, you know, in fall every year, I expect things to change. It's like the one season of year where I sort of prepare myself. Some things need to die and end and some things need to begin. And I was reflecting on that and I was reflecting on what are some of the the things in my own life that need to end? We're usually able to be pretty critical of the place that we work and be like, why do we do this? This is stupid or why do you do that? That's stupid. And we can look at other people's lives. It's very easy to see things that other people do or organizations do and see it as like, that's a dumb way to do it. Why would you do it that way? You should quit doing it and do it a different way. It's much harder to examine our own lives and say, why is it that I'm, why why am I doing this? Like, why am I saying I need to work out, but I'm staying up until two o'clock in the morning every day? Uh, why am I saying I need to do this, but i'm I'm jeopardizing myself or sabotaging myself by doing that as well. And I think it's just a falls a good season to take a little bit of time and reflect what are some things that need to die in your life to uh, give opportunity for new things to grow and new things to develop. Um, so yeah, I mean, I Gibby, I don't know if you have any extra thoughts or input on that, but that's just what I've been reflecting on. You know what things do I need to end so I can start new things?
1: Yeah, I think I think as the uh this the weather starts to drop as well, we start looking at things that we can cut cut to make the inside time that we are inevitably going to have with fall and winter and the weather being a little bit more dreary than the than the nice bright hot summer that we that we just experienced. I think we start looking for things that we can cut or or things that we can tone down to give us that more relaxation and and um kind of rekindling of our own energy that we, that we look for towards the end of the year where we can start spending more time with more people and in a meaningful ways. So I, I definitely think we, we look to tone down our schedules and, and just be more focused on the things that matter. I think, I think that's just a, a, a factor of fall, less craziness.
0: Less craziness, more rhythms, healthier patterns, all those sorts of things <laughs> getting back to life after the summer of vacation, fun, craziness, whatever it is that you had going on this summer. We hope that you are also bringing some things to an end so you can bring some new things about in your life uh, this fall. Uh, Anyway, that's going to end this episode of Legends, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Jonathan C. and all of the conversations about the news that's going on in the game. Hopefully, you'll hear from us again before uh, four weeks from now. But if not, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode and be sure to come back again next episode. Thanks for listening to legends cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com legendscast